Hello, and welcome to the Scottish Clans Podcast. I'm Clint Edwards. Thanks for joining me today. And we are going to get into the clan Morrison today. Now, what do the Morrisons have to do with John Wayne? You may have clicked on this podcast, have selected it for your listening pleasure because you're interested about John Wayne's background. Maybe like me, you're a, you're a big fan of his work. Or maybe you're not, but you're interested in the origins of famous people. Or maybe you're connected somehow to the Morrisons. Or maybe you dislike Scottish history. There's any number of reasons why you may have clicked on this, but if it had anything to do with John Wayne, then what does he have to do with the Morrisons? What does John Wayne have to do with the Morrisons? Well, any of you who are hardcore John Wayne fans will know that his real name is not John Wayne. His real name was Marion Robert Morrison. And he, as far as I understand, his Morrisons were the Scottish Morrisons. Now, that is a big question because one thing that we're going to see in this podcast is just because a person's surname is Morrison and maybe they even know that they come from Scotland, there's still a lot more work to be done there because the Morrisons are actually going to display a pattern for us that'll be helpful in any number of other Scottish surnames as we seek to understand where we really come from. Okay, so let's talk about the Morrisons. Morrison, just in its pure linguistic meaning, is the son of Morris. <clears throat> now, there's any number of linguistic roots that that could come from, and we're going to get into that. The first, let me tell you about some of my um, sources that I'm going into for this particular episode. I actually, this is an interesting, the reason I'm, I'm choosing the Morrisons. First of all, I had several requests to do Morrisons. Second of all, on academia.edu, there are several scholarly papers. And when I say scholarly, I'm just saying um, it's in that context. Some of the papers I believe were better written than others, but you didn't tune into this episode to hear me give my breakdown of like an academic review of these different these, these different papers. But academia.edu is a more scholarly source for things, and it's less of a, a pop type of deal. So the but there are several papers for me to choose and read through, and some of them, like one was a think it was some kind of a thesis because it's really long and I didn't even have close to the amount of time to read through the whole thing. However, what I am going to do is I'm going to put links to the academia.edu site for all of these papers that I'm drawing on for this episode. So if you want to do more reading, feel free to dive into it. Some of you, you wanted me to do the work for you and that's uh, that's as just as valid as the more academic motivation. So that's that's the value we provide here is we you don't have to go digging into all the different sources. You don't even have to necessarily look up the Wikipedia page. Just come here and I'll talk to you about it. If you like reading it for yourself, I'm gonna provide you with sources and you can get into it and dig deeper if you would like. So here's the sources that I'm using. The uh, there's one by Ian Gilmore, and the title is Gilmore's not Morrison's, or more about Morrison's. Uh, 
And he goes into the, the difference between the use of the name Gilmore versus Morrison, and you'll see in a bit they have a, a common connection there. Another source is three different papers all by the same person, Alexander W. Morrison. One paper was titled The Clan Morrison Hoax of the Norse Origin on Lewis and Harris. Another was titled The Genealogy of the Morrison Origins in Scotland, a critical evaluation of the historical evidence for the origins of the Morrisons in Scotland, and one more, the I. McHormid myth of the Morrisons of Durness. So those are three different, or the four different papers that I was drawing on as to, to dig a little deeper in my, into this in preparation for this episode. Now I did go to the, the Wikipedia page and I read through what they had on there. And to the Wikipedia page's credit, they did acknowledge that there is not just one source for the Morrison surname. There are several. Now, let's, let's get into this. Where do the Morrisons come from? Well, the places within Scotland that tend to have the highest number of Morrisons. By the way, Morrison is the 20th most common surname in Scotland at the time of the, um, that's the second paper that I mentioned by Alexander Morrison, the one that I believe he was doing as a, as a thesis of some sort, just based on the length of it. So 20th most common name in Scotland at one time. So it's a pretty common name there. But there are certain parts of Scotland where that name will be found more than others. One is from the Outer Hebrides. Now, and I'm kind of going in reverse chronological order here, because the Outer Hebrides is was relatively late in the game in adopting the people out there adopting Morrison as the surname. Also, and so I'm talking specifically with the Outer Hebrides, Lewis and Harris. Okay, and, and you'll need a a map and look this up on a map where, where those are if you can't picture it in your head. Another area of Scotland where the Morrison surname tend to be pretty common is around the Aberdeenshire area. And then another is you'll, you can find them down in Fife and around the bigger cities of Glasgow and Edinburgh. So let's, let's talk about some of the myths that these papers busted. So what, what, what are the common misconceptions about the origin of the, of the Morrisons? It wasn't just one clan. It was a, it was a common name, Maurice or Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S-S, um, M-O-R-E-S, M-O-R-R-E-S. There's a lot of different ways you could spell that name. Um, some are under the impression that that name came into Scotland with the Normans in the 1100s, which is when most of those the, most of the people who are connected with the Mormon introduction, the Norman introduction, get my tongue tied here, the Norman introduction into Scotland, that was, uh, they came there, I've talked about this before. Um, if you want more, more information on that, how that happened, you can go clear back to one of the early episodes of this podcast. On the, I think I did the Norse and the Normans in the same episode. And then also, in one of the Scottish clans for beginners that we, that we just recently recorded and published. You can find more on that there. So I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on the Normans coming in, but a lot of people think the name Morris came with the Normans. So then you have on top of that, it's not just, okay, well, M Maurice, if it came with the Normans, that means if you're a Morrison, then your ancestors were probably 
Norman. So look, even there that we might have some problems with that thinking because anybody could adopt a, a, a name, especially as a given name to start off with, right? So if you're the son of Morris, your whole somebody's given name and you don't necessarily have to be from that ethnic group to adopt that surname. A lot of the Normans coming in, especially those who settled in the Highlands, became very Gallicized. And they adopted those surnames despite not coming from those ethnic groups, roots themselves. Although with a couple of generations of intermarriage with the locals, they soon had as much or more Gallic blood than they did Norman. But you didn't have to be Norman to use Norman names. In fact, the Normans came into Scotland speaking some version of French. And the Normans were, in their introduction, those early years, forming the very upper crust of Scottish society. Okay, well, when all the rich, cool kids are doing something, a lot of other kids want to do the same thing, even if... They don't really come from that same background. And so you do see in Scotland some native Gallic families using more French conventions. So instead of saying, um, using a Gallic way of saying I'm from this area, they'll use the French or earlier Latin prefix DE. So if you're, I'm just making this up as I go as an example. So if you're from, from Glasgow, you would say, I am Gilbert de Glasgow, right? Instead of saying it in a more native way. doesn't mean that you're actually descended from the Normans. It just means that that's what the cool kids are doing. And so that's how you're going to style your name, especially when you're signing important documents. And that's where you actually get a lot of the proof for all the records that we see. Who was the earliest Morrison on record? A lot of those come from some kind of charter, maybe that the king or a nobleman gave to the church, and there had to be witnesses. And so they'll, those witnesses will sign their names that, yes, we witnessed that this land so specified was given by this person to this other person or group. All right, and so that's, that's very common. And you'll see people of, in these, in these, charters or other kinds of records, people who are signing their names to them, people who were actually from the local native stock, but are adopting more French. Sometimes it was very straightforwardly French. Other times it was Latin, which was the language of the church. And rather than using a, a Gallic way of spelling that or, or phrasing it or saying it. Okay. Now, speaking of ways of saying it, there were a lot of different ways people pronounced the name Morrison, and there are just as many ways of spelling it. So there's just a great variety of ways to spell the name Morrison, and it usually reflects the way people were pronouncing it at the time. So what were going back to what were some of these these myths of, Nor of Morrison origins? Okay, so we're going to set the Norman introduction of the name Maurice and possible Norman or native origins from the more south of Scotland. We're going to set that on the shelf. 
and we're going to talk more about the very far northwest of Scotland. All right, so there's some of the myths that say, hey, look, we are from the Isle of Lewis and these Morrisons were descended from the Vikings. Well, you know, you, you might be. You might actually be. In fact, the, the odds are pretty decent that if your ancestors were from Lewis, that you have Viking blood. However, that does not mean that your Morrison ancestors specifically, as we trace back in a patriarchal line, father to son, father to son to father, and so forth, that that originally comes from a Viking. It doesn't mean that. In fact, in Morrison, in Alexander Morrison's paper, the, genealo the, the genealogy of the Morrison origins in Scotland, he says something that uh, that's interesting here. He, he cites a DNA study done by Moffat and Wilson. And in that DNA study, 430 people with a Morrison last name or some variant of it had their DNA tested. None of them in the patriarchal line. So we're talking about Y DNA. None of them showed that Norse genetic marker. So for those of you who don't have very much background with DNA and that, how that affects our understanding of our genealogy, there's different types of DNA that people have tested. There's a Y DNA test, which will, like I mentioned, that tests your patriarchal line. So that's passed down from father to son to father to son to father to son. It's not passed down through females. That's, that's once again, that's the Y DNA. Then there's a mitochondrial DNA or the M DNA, or sometimes you see MT DNA. And that is actually a female line that you can trace back. So mother to daughter, mother to daughter. And so that'll show you what your mom's line is. But once again, it's only showing you one line, one strand of the family tree. And if you've ever gotten into this, you'll know that the farther back you go, your the branches of your family tree grow exponentially. So I guess to wrap this whole Norse idea up, yeah, the odds are that one of those many, many, many branches of your family tree that there is Vikings in there, especially if you have ancestry from Lewis, pretty good. But the if you're a Morrison, that that your Morrison ancestors down from father to son, father to son, and if you could go all the way back that you'd run into Vikings, that's not likely, according to the DNA evidence. Now another of the origin myths for the Morrison people are that that really they were if, especially if their ancestors were from the Outer Hebrides, that you come from one of two kindreds. The first I'll mention is the Macgillivore kindred. The Macgillivore kindred, that, that phrase, if we break that Gallic down, that son of the servant or devotee of Mary. Now, in this context, this linguistic context, this this way of saying Mary is almost exclusively reserved for the Virgin Mary. And so if in a Gallic context, that could have sprung up all over Scotland. But specifically in the Isle of Lewis, the Macgillivores were the they had a hereditary position within the Isle of Lewis 
as the Braves, or the, the Breve. If you look at it in English, it looks like the word Breve, B-R-I-E-V-E-S. Um, Breve comes from the Gallic Breve, and it's, a, it's an expert in the law. They would use a Breve for the, a lot of times they'd use them as arbiters. If we had a legal dispute between two people, so basically they were lawyers, although I don't know if the, when we think of the word lawyer, if it's a straight across translation as to what these people were, but that's, I think, the closest that we'll be able to get trying to compare it to things that we know about in English. So they were law experts, and they were, that was a very common thing within the, I, I would say Gallic society, but I think even bigger than Gallic society, a lot, a lot of places was that certain trades were handed down through certain families. The, the cool thing in, in Scotland is that there are certain surnames that came to be associated with these trades. And so in the Isle of Lewis, the Macgillivores that were there tended to be law experts. That was their kind of their family trade. And now there's another kindred in the Outer Hebrides. Actually, they were in the, all over the Hebrides. So you have Outer Hebrides and Inner Hebrides. And if you probably have to look that up on a map if you don't know what that is already. But they're just a different, they're, they're all the Hebrides, Outer, Inner, whatever. They're all islands off of the west coast of Scotland. There's just some that are closer to the mainland, which are called Inner Hebrides. And the Outer Hebrides are, like you would guess, farther out. So the Omurison kindred were were found throughout the Hebrides. They were found in the Isle of Mole, where they probably were employed by the Macleans of Duart. And they're also seen in the employ of the Macleods of Harris. Now, keep in mind, if you want more context on this, I've done a whole episode on the Macleods of Harris. And I go into a little bit more detail on their background. But the O'Murisons, their family trade that they passed down and became famous for was as bards. So the bards were, if you don't, if you've never heard that term or have, but you really don't know that much about it, the bards are your, your people. It's not, if we wanted to cheapen the name, we'd say they're your storytellers. Yep. They're just cheap entertainment, just, or expensive entertainment, whatever. But it went, in this context, it went a lot deeper than just entertaining people on a cold night around the fire. These people held the lore of your people in their minds and their skill at imparting that to you through the legends of your people was vital to your heritage. And so the Elmirisons, who actually originally came, it looks like they came from the north of Ireland, from the O'Neill country. They came into the Hebrides from Ireland in the 1500s, probably the early 1500s. Um, I'm not sure the exact date, though. It might have been a little bit earlier than that. Um, but one quick side note on that, if you want to know more about that, John Bannerman has talked about these, these and other trade-based kindreds at length. And the book that I have that's written by him, I've mentioned it in other podcasts, is Kinship, Church, and Culture. It's a collection of his papers that he's written, his essays, articles, so forth. So that's a, a source if you want to look into. If you are if you actually know for a fact you're coming from the Omerison kindred, then you can look it up more about it there. But 
so the 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 myth goes that and it might not be 100% myth but there's just got to be more to it than that is that these megillivores the the breves from lewis or the omurasan bards from the hebrides omurasan you you can you can very easily see the the i don't know phonetic is the right word but the audible similarity between murison and morrison and how easy of a translation that would be also with Megillivora, and we have the name Gilmore that can come from that. Then we also have, okay, from the Mora, from the son of the servant of Mary and Moira, and now we're just going to translate that really roughly into English Morrison. That one is a linguistic stretch, especially as Gilmore is a much better carryover from the Gallic into English, and it was being used from much earlier time in the Hebrides as an English version of that. So in the Hebrides, we don't see, especially as far as documentary evidence is concerned, we don't see anybody in the Hebrides using Morrison as an English equivalent of either Omarasan or Magillavora until 1640, which is pretty late in the game. Now, something you ought to know about surnames, especially in the Highlands, really it was only the upper crust that were using them up until pretty late date. Now, exactly when um, the lower ranks of society started to adopt fixed surnames, I can't tell you the exact year on that, but if we're talking about the 14 or 1500s, the average person, the average worker of the land did not have a fixed surname. That was something strictly for nobility, people who owned the land. And having a surname was important into the understanding of who owns what land and how that's all going to get worked out. So, so there you go. Morrison as an English equivalent of Magillivore or Omurasan is a really latecomer into the Hebrides. All right, so so what do we want to say about this? That uh, there's okay. Before I go, pass on to that. Good thing I've got notes, man. My head, you, I I can get all over the place here. But I think I've done a better job at this episode of not going off on tangents. My wife, just to go, to go off on a tangent, <laughs> ironically, but my wife, is, she tried out one of my other podcasts, and I think she should have listened to one of the storytelling ones, but she didn't, and she's like, yeah, you just go off on tangents all the time. You just got so much information in your head and just kind of spills out into the microphone, and which maybe some people like, and I think for her, it wasn't helping her out at all, so trying to be more diligent at not going off on tangents. Good thing I've got a pretty good outline of what I want to say here. So you have Morrison's, there, there is one legend that I wanted to mention that was also debunked in these sources, and that's the Morrison's of Durness, which is, Durness is actually in Mackay territory up on the very far north coast of Scotland. And there's all sorts of legends there about a Morrison from Lewis who had fled 
something, or he was maybe he was a traitor, has come there to trade. Fell in love with the daughter of the Bishop of Caithness, who hooked him up with some land. In other stories, they ran away together. And I know there's there's different versions of that that are out there. And the, it was the, the the paper that I mentioned that treated this particularly was the I McCormick myth of the Morrisons of Durness. And just there's all sorts of problems and inconsistencies with a direct link between those Morrisons and the Morrisons of Lewis. Now, could there possibly be? Sure. But the way that the legends have it, there's all sorts of problems. And they go into what sources, like where do we get those legends, the connection between the Morrisons of Durness and the ones of Lewis, and the problems with those sources. And I'm not going to get that in, in that here. But um, in the end, the Hebridean Morrisons may actually be connected to these other families, these earlier families, the McGillivora or the O'Morrisons. But those, like I said, those kindreds didn't start using Morrison until pretty late. And even then, a lot of them were using Gilmore instead. And there, there, yeah, but there might be a connection there. There could be. Those with mainland roots, which I don't know which of these John Wayne is, whether he's a mainland Morrison or a Hebridean Morrison. But those with mainland roots could have been descended from any number of backgrounds but the majority of the DNA results had them as being native to the south of Scotland. All right, so the actually not not Norman DNA, because there are certain genetic signatures that we can look to indicate that they're actually coming from outside of Scotland. The the I'm, not, I, I'm even tempted to go into a little bit of what I've learned about the DNA so far, but I, I won't do it. Just know that they, it looks like the Morrisons were native, like they're coming from the indigenous stock. And even even in the in the Hebrides, it looks like that. But the mainland Morrisons looked like they came from the south of Scotland and pushed north. They could have done that with Normans, or they could have done that through if they were closer to the border. And there's all sorts of conflict on the, in the border country, and they just want to get away from it, get a little peace and quiet. They might have pushed north for that. There's there's a lot of different reasons why they may have moved migrated north. Now to to wrap this up, I want to talk a little bit about the wider applicability of this podcast and discussing the Morrisons in this light. So maybe you don't have a direct Morrison connection, and you just clicked on this. Maybe you just clicked on this specifically for John Wayne, <laughs> which I don't blame you. Or, um, or you just like Scottish history. What could we use from learning about the Morrisons that would be applicable to a larger number of people? I think the, the first lesson is don't just because you have and, and I've seen this actually, I've seen this currently in our discussions on the Facebook group of Scott called Scottish Clans, that somebody will say, Hey, I've got this last name. Where do I fit in? And I've been aided by other people who are on the group and they've chimed in, hey, look, we, we don't know. And and they, you know, I, I let this conversation develop because it's exactly how I would have an, answered it without jumping in at all. But it's you you have to do a little bit more work because, OK, let's let's use McDonald, for instance. Now, McDonald's were huge. Just numbers wise, there was a lot of them. And in power and influence, they were a big deal. And so if your last name is McDonald or Donaldson or any. Donaldson, McDonald, McConnell, which is actually a more 
audibly similar pronunciation to the original Gallic. Um, if you're in any number of those, any version of those, maybe you're tied to the McDonald's, and maybe you're not, because Donald was a very common given name at certain certain places and certain times in Scottish history. And so you just might be descended from some Donald in some completely different part of Scotland other than the Western Highlands or Isles. And even if you are connected with the broader McDonald Lord of the Isles group, there are different branches of that clan you might come from. For instance, if you can trace your ancestry back to the Great Glen, that's where Loch Ness is, the, the Loch, famous Loch Ness monster, then you're probably connected with probably certain branches of the McDonald's and not other branches of the McDonald's. And those branches became such a big deal, and they became clans in their own right and acted in many cases independently of the Lords of the Isles or, or other McDonald's. They did their own thing. So the point there is just because that the person has that certain last name doesn't mean that they're automatically connected to a group of people. So in answering those questions on Facebook, I can't just say, oh, yeah, this is your last name. Well, this is where you come from, and this is where – now, there's some names that, that weren't as common, and the likelihood that they are actually, just because they have that last name, that they are actually connected to that clan, that then that's, the chances are greater. Like Ogilvy, that's, that, that's a very peculiar linguistic origin, and it wasn't, you don't see that spread all over Scotland. Like another example of one you would was like, um, the Farkersons. Now you have the major Farkerson clan that were a part of Clan Hatton, but Ferker, which is where Farker comes from, the Gallic name, Ferker. There's there was you know Ferker MacIntaggart who was a powerful uh, warrior warlord, head of a kindred in the in the far north of Scotland, and the MacTaggarts or Taggarts claimed descent from this Ferker MacIntaggart, who was himself of a surname. Obiolan, the also the Ross kindred claimed descent from him. Okay, so they've got a pretty major person, the type of person that people will use. Could there be a branch of that family named Ferkerson or McFerker or McCarricker or some kind of version of that? Yeah. Yeah, they very well could. So I guess what I'm trying to say is don't make assumptions. If you're going to say, hey, I'm this last name, and so where do I come from? Um, first of all, good for you. I'm not trying to discourage you at all. Any, anybody who's interested in trying to dig into their family history a little deeper, absolutely. And if you want to come on Scottish Clans, you want to ask that question, absolutely. I'm just trying to tell you maybe some of the obstacles that we have in our way of, of talking in certain terms. Because what you'll probably have to do is see if you can trace your ancestry back just to just to Scotland, and if you can find a specific place in Scotland, now we can really start to dial it in and say, well, how close was that to this clan that had the same name? Okay, so if you're tying your, your aunt, you've got a certain Scottish last name, let's say your last name is Mackay or Mackay, or in some parts of the U.S., Mackie. Well, okay, we want to immediately jump to the Mackay's of Strath neighbor. 
Well, problem is that there was Mackays that were a completely unrelated kindred, as far as we know, that were settled in the Southern Hebrides, down in Isla and Jura and, and those, those areas down in that part of, of Scotland. There's also Mackays, I believe there's Mackees, who linguistically have a similar origin, who are from the southwest of the mainland Scotland. And then you have the major clan of the, the Mackays of Strathnaver in the very far north. So, so we need a little bit more specificity if we're going to really start being able to help somebody who's interested in learning their last name. We need to find out where they can trace their line to within Scotland, and then we can have a better idea. So for all those of you who are working on your personal genealogy, first of all, just I, I know it can be tough. I'm working on some of my own lines, um, both Scottish and not Scottish. And it's tough It's to get back in there, and especially if you're trying to do it remote and you're limited to what resources you can find online, it, it can be tough. So I just want to offer my encouragement to you that I think it's a, a very worthwhile endeavor. Don't stop at all. But I just wanted to let you know that we, what we see with the Morrisons is true of a lot of names. There's different kindreds who are quite unrelated to each other in different parts of Scotland. And... We need to dial in a little bit closer, and then we can start making some connections. So there you have it. And if any of you know exactly which Morrison's John Wayne comes from, will you please tell me in the Facebook group? Also, if you have any questions that were not answered today, please go to the Facebook group and put your questions there. If you have anything to add to what we talked about today, please go to the Facebook group and make your additions because this episode, a link to it will be posted every time. Every time I have an episode, I post it in the Facebook group. And if you want to make a comment there on it, add something to it, please feel free. I want to treat this whole thing as a conversation, not as a, here is the final word, boom, book closed. No more debate, no more discussion, nothing. I don't think that's very healthy on so many levels. But yeah, so I invite you to come into our Facebook group and see that. I uh, There's a couple other ways you can interact. Also, if you want to go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. And when I say leave a review, sure, give me five stars or however many think is appropriate, but five's the best. But then also you can leave an actual written comment on there. So do that. That's always helpful. And then also if you want to engage on Podbean, as a platform, you can go on podbean.com and find Scottish clans there. Also, yeah, no, that's that's the three main platforms. That's the ones I check the most often is the Facebook group, Podbean, and the Apple Podcasts. One more little invitation for you. If you can think of somebody who would like this podcast, please go ahead and share it with them. Most of those platforms that you're listening to this on have a way to do that. So I invite you to share this episode with somebody you think might enjoy it. And until the next time, Marsh and Lev Andrasta. <laughs>